For I am crucified with Christ And yet I live Embrace the cross Where Jesus Welcome to Crossbound Ministries where we are bringing the gospel of Jesus Christ to the world, encouraging Christians and pointing sinners to the cross. Will you please pray about supporting our broadcast and ministry that gives us the ability to spread God's word. You can get involved by going to crossboundministry.com. Please welcome our preacher, Mike Sadler, as he brings us an important message from God's word. Embrace the love Amen. Open your Bibles with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 6 and verse number 9. 1 Corinthians chapter 6 and verse number 9 as we will be today. As we're going through the book of Corinthians, applying those principles to our life and doing the things that Paul tells us to do and doing the things that the scripture says not to do. Amen. We often sometimes complicate the Christian walk, but Jesus said it could be hung on two laws. Love the Lord God with all your heart, mind, and soul, and love your neighbor as thyself. And all the commandments hang on these two. Boy, that simplifies it, doesn't it? Amen. So let's look at some of the principles here in 1 Corinthians 6, 9. As Paul's writing to the church and setting him them straight on some things that they had wrong. The Bible says... Know ye not that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God? Be not deceived, neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor effeminate, nor abusers of themselves with mankind. Verse 10, nor thieves, nor covetousness, nor drunkards, nor revirers, nor extortioners shall inherit the kingdom of God. There will be none of this in heaven. There will be no sin in the kingdom of God. Not one little bitty, as we would call a white liar, white sin. It will not be, it will not make it past the judgment. And that's why you must be covered in the perfect, spotless, sinless Lamb of God. Amen. The Lord Jesus Christ, as he shed his blood for you on that cross. And so as we look at these sins... I mean, some of them are really bad. Thieves and covetous, drunkards, reviles, extortioners. The Bible says that none of them are going to go to heaven. None of them will make it into the kingdom of God. Well, that's pretty much everybody. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God, the Bible says. You can never be good enough. But hold on, Christian. A lot of us Christians don't live that bad of a life as we would think from worldly standards. We're not thieves or drunkards or we're not extorting people. or. But I want you to notice the one sin that he puts in there in the midst of all the horrific ones that we tend to maybe shun a little bit or think it's not as bad. But listen to what it says in verse 10. Nor thieves, nor covetousness. Covetousness. So notice that sin, covetousness, is always it's listed among the most wicked sins and, and devices. We might excuse it in our own life a little bit or in the life of our friends or family and think lightly of it. But listen to me, God condemns it. You see, a covetous person has a great desire for possessions and they're willing to do whatever, whatever it takes 
to get that. And it often drives them to sinful ways to get what they want, whatever it may be, whatever they have to do to get it, they're going to do it. That's how much they covet. That's how much they want that. And drunkards, that really doesn't need much of an explanation uh, as somebody that abuses alcohol. And reviler are those who use abusive language against another. And before you say, I'm not, at one time or another, you've probably said some things you shouldn't have said to or about somebody. And so we all will have a struggle with that. An extortioner, that's people who take advantage to others to get rich. In other words, I'm getting rich off of them. I would call it blood money. Blood money. It's, it's when you have made money off another person that it hurts them. If it takes something from them, it may not hurt them physically. Because let me just tell you, when we think of that word extortioners, we often think of a, a gang member with tattoos all over him and, and, and a gold chain and, and other things like that. Or, or maybe somebody that's, that's not dressed so great. But let me just tell you, here in America, the biggest of extortioners are the ones that are dressed in a nice suit or the ones that have on a business outfit, or dress clothes. Those are the worst ones because they've got the outside polish, but the inside is still is still filthy, and it needs to be washed with the, the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. They need to be born again. So you expect it from somebody when you see them when they're, they look like a, a gang member or, or, or whatever else, but when you see somebody in a, in a nice suit or business attire, you would not expect them to be an extortioner, but oh, how many are. Why? Because it goes back to covetousness. They want something so bad, they're willing to do whatever it takes. If it means hurting you to get it in whatever way, they're going to do that. Look with me now verse number 11. Verse number 11. And such were some of you. Whoa. Paul just lays it on them. All those sins, all those Horrible, a thief, a covetous, a drunkard, a reviler, extortioner, an adulterer, a fornicator, an abuser. Paul stops and says, before you think you're too high mighty and Christian, before you think you're better than somebody, before you lift yourself up in pride, and such were some of you. The only thing different between you and them is that you're a saved sinner and they're a lost sinner. That's the only difference. See, because Jesus makes all the difference. And so Paul says, And such were some of you, but ye are washed, but ye are sanctified, but ye are justified in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the Spirit of our God. So Paul's not accusing the Corinthians of practicing this. Paul's not accusing you of practicing this, but he is warning them and it's a good warning to us, but such were some of you before salvation, before Jesus moved in and changed your life and changed you and gave you a new nature and a new desire. Amen. So when we see people like that, we should give them mercy, love, and forgiveness because the Bible says, and such were some of you. We were all there at one point in our life at one point in time, whether it been on a small level or a major level, however you want to see it. So Paul's warning, and he's also warning us 
that we don't want to return to that. He said, you've been washed, you've been sanctified, you've been justified, amen, and we should live like it. We should live like it. Our life should reflect that, the things that we do, not just our words, not just what we say, but how we live. Because you say what you think, but you live what you believe. If you believe the fire is hot, you're not going to put your hand in there. If you believe that light socket will shock you, you're not going to stick your finger in there. Why? Because you believe it. And if you believe sin will hurt you, you're going to keep sin out of your life as much as possible. Amen? Because returning to that thing, returning to those sins is horrible. It's so much so that in Proverbs 26, 11, the Bible says, As a dog returneth to his vomit, so a fool returneth to his folly. What a picture the Bible paints for us. And if you see a dog licking up his own vomit, boy, that'd just give you the willies. You just, whoo. But that's exactly, that's exactly, Christian, what we will do when we return to sin, when we lose our temper, when we get mad, when we say things we shouldn't, when we revile somebody, when we covet something. We're doing that same exact thing as a dog returning to his vomit. And Paul has warned us here, hey, you're sanctified, you're justified in the name of Jesus, not because of anything of you or you've done, but because of Jesus and by the Spirit of our God. Amen. See, they had been washed from their sin and impurity through the precious blood of Jesus Christ. And they were being, and you are being, if you're saved, continually washed from the defilement of this world through the washing of the water of the Word, the Word of God. It makes clean. It will make you a different person. And you say, well, I read it, but I don't grasp everything. I don't remember everything. That doesn't matter. You read it. You read it. If you can picture a faucet turned on a dirty vase, at first, it might not look like it's doing anything, but you let it run all day, you might see a difference. You let it run for a week, it might get a little cleaner. You let it run for a month, it'll look even cleaner. It may need to run for a year. And it may not be all the way clean, but it'll be cleaner. And reading the Word of God is just like that in your life. The more that you read it, the more that you apply it, the more that you memorize it, amen, the more it's going to clean your life up by the washing of the water of the Word. God wants to make you clean, amen. Not, not saved. If you're saved, you're already saved. But by the power of the Holy Spirit through the Word of God, you will begin to live a more sanctified Christian life because salvation is immediate. The moment you realize you're a sinner and you put your faith and trust in the finished work on the cross, that Jesus died on that cross, but he rose again the third day. Amen. You have been saved, but sanctification is a process. And sanctification comes by you reading the word of God, applying it to your life, talking to God, asking God to help you with it each and every day. That's sanctification. One step closer to God each and every day. Amen. Look at me now, verse number 12. All things are lawful unto me, but all things are not expedient. All things are lawful for me, but I will not be brought under the power of any. So the Apostle Paul gives us some principles here about judging right and wrong. And the first principle he gives us, it, it might be lawful, but it ain't helpful. He's speaking here only about things that are morally indifferent. Not, not about everything, but the things are morally indifferent. What do you mean? Well, this is what I mean. Uh, should a Christian eat pork? Some might say, you can't eat that. Absolutely cannot eat that. 
But other may say, I, I know I can eat that. I'm, I'm right with God. It's not going to hinder my relationship with God. I'm not going to do that. And that's what a more, you know, he's talking about things that really don't mean too much. Should I mow the grass on Sunday? Is that a sin? Well, one person might think it is. One person might think it's not. Is it a sin? No, I, I don't believe so. I don't believe it's a sin to eat pork neither, according to what uh, the Bible says. So Paul simply saying that certain things might be legitimate, but they're not profitable. Listen, if you know it causes your brother to stumble, if, if a brother in Christ believes that you can't eat pork and it's a sin, it bothers him, and you go out to dinner with him, then don't eat pork. In other words, don't don't order a pork chop. Why? Because it, it'll bother him. Don't cause your brother or sister to stumble. It doesn't matter. Uh, just set your pride aside and say, you know what? I'm doing it for the glory of God, not for them, but for God. Listen to what Paul says. He said, all things are lawful for me, but I will not be brought under the power of any. I'm not going to subject myself to the power of any of those things. In other words, let's take cigarettes. Cigarettes aren't in the Bible. I can't find where it says don't smoke cigarettes. I can't find where he says don't drink beer. But are the principles there? I believe so. I believe so. I believe that you shouldn't, and you shouldn't be brought onto the power of those things. Why? Because they are addicting, and they're not good for you. And your body is a temple for the Holy Spirit to dwell in, and we should keep it pure and clean as much as we can. Even food, if you're overindulgent in food, something that's a good thing, hey, it can become a bad thing. It most certainly can when you abuse it. And let's look at verse 13. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 13, we'll see meats for the belly and the belly for meats. But God shall destroy both it and them. Now the body is not for fornication, but the Lord, but for the Lord and the Lord for the body. So here's another principle that Paul has given us. And it's about belly, your belly and meats and meats. And belly, listen, your belly was made to be filled up. It gets hungry. It rumbles when it's hungry. It lets you know, hey, I'm hungry. And there's food that God has made that is meant, that is meant for your belly. And your belly needs to be filled. It most certainly does. I don't mean overindulge, but when you get hungry, that's what I'm talking about. Your belly will rumble and it's, it's time to eat. Your, your belly was made for food. And just like you and your body was made for the Lord. And you can never find true fulfillment without being in the Lord. You see, the devil is a master at holding a lure out. And if I just get that, I'll be satisfied. If I just get another girl, I'll be satisfied. If I just get another hit of that drug, I'll be satisfied. If I just make another little more money, I'll be satisfied. If I can just get a bigger house, I'll be satisfied. If I can just get a faster looking car, I'll be satisfied. And you get all those things and you feel just as empty or even emptier than you did before. And the devil hangs out another lure and you say, well, if I can just get that, 
then I'll be happy. But let me tell you, you'll always have that feeling of void in your life apart from the Lord. You were meant for relationship with God. So much so that he sent his son to die on the cross so that you could have a fellowship with God through the Lord Jesus Christ. The Bible says Jesus is our intercessor. He's how that we can go to God. He gets in between us. Amen. He covers us in his blood so that we can go before the throne of God boldly. Why? Because just as your belly was made to be filled with good food, your body is made to be filled with the power of the Holy Spirit so that you can be close to God. Amen. Listen to what that verse says. Meats for the belly and the belly for meats, but God shall destroy both of them. In other words, God's going to destroy both the meats and the belly. They're not even that important. They're, they're going to go away one day. But listen to what he says. Now the body is not for fornication, but for the Lord and the Lord for the body. How much more, how much more should we look at keeping our lives clean, keeping ourselves clean because our body was made for the Lord and the things that we do for the Lord will last for all eternity. But these things like overeating or gluttony or your belly or your meat, those things won't be. They will not last for eternity. But what you do with Christ, your relationship with Christ, your relationship with God, the way that you serve God and you draw close to Him, those are the things that matter. Those are the things that are going to last forever. Amen. And so the Bible says, that's what he's saying here. This is what's important. These other things that are going to pass away, they mean nothing. But you and the Lord and your relationship in him and the things that you do for the Lord, amen, those will last forever. Can you imagine that? And that's what the Bible says. The things that we earn in the Lord will have them forever. Amen to that. Not that you should be serving the Lord to get rewards. You should be serving the Lord because you love the Lord and you want others to be saved. That's why I preach because God called me to and I want others to be saved like I was. I don't want to see not one single solitary person go to hell. And you know what, ladies and gentlemen? There's nothing that they have to do to go to hell. There's a lot of so-called good people in hell because they have never been born again. And Jesus himself said there is none good. No, not one. Amen. That's why he died on that cross to save each and every one of us. Will you accept it today? Do you know that you know that you know that you have been born again? Amen. Make sure that you know. Look with me now in 1 Corinthians 6.14. And God hath both raised up the Lord and will also raise up us by his own power. That same power that rose Jesus from the grave on the third day, if you're saved, lives and dwells within you. Amen? It does. The Holy Spirit. Imagine that. Think about that. Don't imagine it. It's, it's a fact, if you're saved, that a peace of God dwells within you. And that power dwells within you. A peace of God himself is in you. Wow, that is so powerful when you will stop and really realize that. So the fact that the Lord is for the body is further explained in this verse. God has not only raised up the Lord Jesus from among the dead, but he will also raise up us by his own power, by his power. His interest in our body, it doesn't end at the time of death. God cares about your body. How clean should you keep your body? God cares about our body even after our body dies. Amen. He's going to raise the body of every believer. Every believer will be called to fashion to that glorious body. 
Amen. We will not be some disembodied spirit out in the spirit world and somewhere. No, our spirit and our soul will be reunited with our glorified body. Thus, we can enjoy the glories of heaven forever. We'll be able to physically pick a flower, physically smell it, physically hold it. Amen. Physically touch things. Why? God cares about your body. That's how much you need to think about sin. God loves me enough. He cares about my physical body. That he's going to raise it again and my soul and my spirit will meet in the air. See, when the Lord Jesus comes, the trumpet will sound. The Bible says the dead in Christ shall rise first. Amen. And you should be caught up in the air like him. And so those brothers and sisters in Christ that are already dead, they're in the grave. When Jesus comes back and he sounds the trumpet, those will be the ones that come up first out of the ground. The dead in Christ shall rise first. And they'll meet their spirit and their body in the air with the Lord Jesus. And then they'll forever be in their glorified body with the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. That's how much God cares about your physical body. You see, death is a result of sin. Death is a result of something that Adam and Eve brought into the world. Amen. And it passed on to us. But in the beginning, it was was not so it was not so look with me now in verse 15 know ye not that your bodies are the members of christ shall i then take the members of christ and make them the members of a harlot god forbid what know ye not that he which is joined to a harlot is one body two saith he shall be one flesh and so God emphasizes the need for personal purity here. Listen to what I said. God is emphasizing the need for you to have personal purity in your life. Whether you're married or not married, God wants you to be personally pure. Keep your heart and your mind pure. Because if you keep your heart and your mind pure, you won't have to worry about your body staying pure because it's going to follow what your mind and heart does. Amen. So be personal purity in our lives, guarding our own bodies and our own mind from iniquity. And let me tell you, ladies and gentlemen, we live in a, such a sex-saturated culture today. It's everywhere, on every TV station, on regular TV. It's just unbelievable. Let me just tell you, there's some dark forces pushing that. There's some dark forces that want to take out the family. There's some dark forces that want to come after your children. Listen to me. Don't you let them. You roll up the walls of protection the Lord Jesus has given you. Amen. And do everything that you can to keep the devil out. Don't give him a crack to come in. He's going to try, but don't give him an inch. You rebuke him in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Even if you have a child that has went their own way and trying to do their own thing and living in a worldly environment, if you will, if you've given, those, given them those biblical principles, they can't get away from them. They'll always be around their neck. They'll be carrying them around. They will have them. You just keep asking God to draw them back. Verse 17 says, But he that has joined unto the Lord is one spirit. Flee fornication, sin. That a man doeth is without the body, but he that committed fornication sinneth against his own body. When you're out committing fornication, you're not just sinning against God. You're hurting your own self. You're sinning against your own body. You're hurting your own self, not just sinning against God. Amen. How many would take a gun and shoot themselves in the leg? They'd be crazy if they did that. But that's kind of what people are doing when you're out committing fornication. You're, it's a sin against your own body. He says in verse 
19, what? Know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you, which ye have of God? Are ye not your own? For ye are bought with a price. Therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. The Bible says that your body is the temple, the temple of the Holy Spirit. And how clean you need to keep the temple of God. He even says in verse 20, you're bought with a price. You're not your own. You are paid for by the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. He says, therefore, glorify God in your body and in your spirit. How do you glorify God in your body? By living a clean life, by keeping sin out of your life, by not going there, by not doing that, by not saying that, by not drinking that. I don't mean a list of rules, but I mean you follow the spirit of God. Just make sure that you know that you know that you have repented of your sins and put your faith and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ, that he died on the cross and he rose again the third day. We pray you have been blessed by today's message. If you have been saved or are in need of a prayer, please contact us at 352-247-9200. That's 352-247-9200. Thank you for tuning in to Crossbound Ministries radio broadcast. Will you please pray about supporting our ministry and broadcast? You can go to crossboundministry.com or send your support or a gift to P.O. Box 7, Inverness, Florida, 34451. That's P.O. Box 7, Inverness, Florida, 34451. For a gift of $10 or more, we will send you a booklet. Please pray for us as our ministry and radio broadcast grows. Tune in every Sunday morning at 8 a.m. to hear a message from our preacher, Mike Sadler. You can follow Crossbound Ministry on Facebook, YouTube, and visit us on the web at crossboundministry.com. If you are a pregnant woman in need of help, there is hope. You can reach out to the Citrus Pregnancy Center. There are locations in Inverness and in Crystal River. Their phone number is 352-341-5176. That's 352-341-5176. This broadcast has been sponsored in part by Henley's Grading Incorporated for all your land clearing and hauling needs. Located in Hernando, Florida, 352-897-3507. That's 352-897-3507. This program is sponsored by Crossbound Ministry of Inverness, Florida.